is Hard Parking, brought to you by Right Honda and Right Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm your host, Jay Finning. Worried a little bit about my dog, Izzy. Those of you who follow me on the Jay Travels page get to see Izzy a lot. He's, uh, he'll be 15 in January. He's a Yorkie poo. I think they're, you know, 12 to 16 years. Better than big dogs. Big dogs typically don't live long. We were, um, Minnesota. I think I'd mentioned it before. From my cousin's house, and he has a golden retriever, and that thing moves around slow. Its face is white. It's only seven, this dog. I was thinking, damn, man. Feels like at least once a week, someone's posting about how their dog crossed that rainbow in the sky or that bridge to the sky. And a lot of times I sit back and I stare at him. I stare at him sleeping. And you want to see if that belly's moving, if he's breathing or not. And he's got this thing right now where he gets stuck on the steps. He always gets stuck on the fourth step. He doesn't want to go down to the third step. So he whines. And this dog never whined. Like, he never whined until the last couple of years. There's times where he would just disappear and we couldn't find him because he'd be in one of the bedrooms. He never made a peep, never made a noise for years. Now that he's old, he knows, he knows how to whine. Now if he's trapped somewhere, you hear him scratching at the door and whining. But he whines on the steps. And I don't know what his problem is. So usually you have to grab like his front two paws and put him on the next step, the third step, and then he just completes the cycle and goes all the way down and through the gate. He's also had this deal where he'd come up and get stuck on the second step from the top and start whimpering. I'd go out of my office and go over there and pick him up, put him on the, the top step. Usually it's me. Sometimes my wife or my mother-in-law, my daughter, she doesn't screw with him. She just yells at him to shut up and talks to him like a person, like he knows what the She's saying, shut up. Like, dude, he doesn't just, it's a dog. But I don't know. I, I get worried. But anyway, so he has this, his issue, his eyes. He keeps on, he's always had issues with his eyes. I buy, I research the shit out of this stuff, man. I get online. As soon as I start seeing something weird with him, I start researching all sorts of stuff. But I bought like this water that's good for their eyes. It kind of squirt him out. But he's still having these issues and. The other day, I'm like, God, why is his right eye just, it just keeps getting bad. We gave him a bath, we cleaned it, and it's all swollen. It looks like shit. Well, yesterday, I'm looking down at him, and he's, he's scratching his eye with his paw. Well, no wonder it's always fucked up. So I'm going to take him to the vet. He could have, I forgot what it's called. This There's a common issue with dogs. They get Their eye glands get all screwed up, and I don't know. Hopefully, it's not bad. Hopefully, it's not more than a couple hundred dollars. Got to get his teeth extracted. I wish we would have taken care of him. You know, we didn't always have money. And not that we're rich, but we can afford to take care of him now. And I was always that person that said that, man, if my dog were to jump off the sofa and bust his ACL, I'm getting a new dog. You can't convince me that $1,500 to fix a dog's busted leg is worth it. But, man, I love this son of a bitch. But if he jumped off and busted his leg right now, he's going to sleep. But I, I wish we would have taken better care of his mouth. Because sometimes he doesn't eat because you can tell his mouth hurts. And I'm the one. I sit down on the ground. I mince up his food. We've actually moved him to people food. Yeah. I've done all this research. You know, he has expensive soft dog food. I think like a year ago, I noticed he was swallowing his food. Because I didn't hear any sounds coming. Like he wouldn't eat it. I'd put it in my hand and he'd like suck it up like a little vacuum. And I didn't hear a noise. I figured out. His teeth are wrecked. So this, this is, he's been on soft food ever since. But um, now you don't want that shit. 
So boil the chicken breast, dice it up really small because I know he can't chew it. I gave him some pizza crust the other day, and he flopped around on the ground for like 10 minutes because it must have got stuck in his mouth on one of his sockets or something. I was like, shit. Fuck, am I, am I going to be the one who ends his life? Coming up on today's show, Skylar Spartan, NSX alum. Skylar and I met many years ago. He helped me out. Just broke down on the side of the highway moving to Arizona from Michigan. I broke down in Missouri. And uh, he stepped up. So I've kind of had a very, I mean, I have a good relationship with all my NSX brethren. I chat with all of them here and there, everywhere. We have been talking about getting him on the show. And right after this word from Foil Online, you're going to hear from Mr. Spartan. He's got a lot of stuff going on. Got a barbecue store. The Grill Guys. All that and more coming up. Jay Finning here. And I want to tell you guys about Foil Online. For over a decade, Foil Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Their truck products cover everything you need to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. And if you need a tire and wheel package, head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so we'll get outfitted today. So visit them online at Four Online or call them at 813-769-2451. Again, that's Four Wheel Online, the number four wheel online. Skylar, it's been a long time. I think so. The last time, I'm pretty sure the last time I actually saw you was when I was moving to Arizona when my car broke down and the fuel pump or fuel filter blew out, and you kind of helped your brother out. It's been a while. Well, you know, I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to one get to meet a fellow NSX owner, you know, because I mean they're kind of few and far between in my area, and uh, you know, two, I'm, I'm always. I'm always willing to help a person out, you know, if, if the opportunity arises. It's cool, like this connection that you can have to people over a hobby. And for some reason, when it comes to cars, it's it's like we're aliens if you're not a car person. But every interest mm-hmm. group, every hobby has it. It's like, oh, well, where'd you guys hang out? Or where'd you guys meet? We're your lifelong friends. Oh, yeah, we used to, you know, play company softball together 15 years ago and we hit it off, you know, or just something crazy like that. Yeah, so... uh for me, you know, I like made a lot of connections through like Honda Tech. I don't know if you were ever on that forum. Uh, Honda Tech, you know, absolutely. Way, Honda Acura and then Honda Tech. Yeah, way back in the day. And, uh, you know, then through S2KI and, and whatnot. So, yeah, it's it's crazy. You get to know people without ever really meeting them. You know, you know kind of their personality. And, and honestly, that personality, like the real person kind of shines through on those forums and you know, so you get to know these people, you know, and of course now it's through Facebook, but, uh, yeah, I think it's really cool to be able to make those connections and, you know, be able to have a relationship that thrives, even though you don't like hang out in person. Yeah. It's, it's foreign 20 years ago. Right. But mm-hmm. now it's like, you yeah. now, I mean, it's like Wes Tinkersley, you know, friend of mine, good friend of mine. We meet every Wednesday, mm-hmm. one drink Wednesday. A lot of people know it, and it's like, how'd you guys meet? Uh, well, we were drinking together before we actually ever got to meet each other just because through hobby and online relationships, basically just like you just described. Yeah, completely. It's it's one of those things where I think that a lot of people have those connections, and, and it's nice to be able to do that because, I mean, you can 
chat with people long distance, you know, I mean, there's other NSX people that, that I've never met, or maybe that I met kind of once and maybe sort of in passing, um, you know, but you get to know those folks and, you know, like if somebody was passing through and had an issue, I mean, I'm, I'll do whatever I can to help. Still have a car? Yeah, it's a white 92 GPW. Um, I uh, actually, when I purchased it, it was 2012, October of 2012. I, I purchased it in Phoenix. I actually came down okay. to Phoenix to buy the car. Yep, had a chance to get it PPI'd over at um, at Science of Speed, which was a neat experience. Um, probably pretty nerve-wracking for the guy that was selling it because I think that he was a like an enthusiast of the car, kind of. Like I think he liked the car, but he wasn't like a car guy. And so, it. you know, here I've got, I'm paying like, three or 400 bucks to have some place do a deep dive, you know, like compression check and, and looking this thing over. And I think he was probably scared of what they might find, sure. you know, but uh, ultimately purchased the car and drove it home. And for anybody that does that kind of thing, you know, whether it be an NSX or a Porsche or a Lotus where you, you, you know, the car may not be local, those kinds of cars, you a lot of times have to travel to get them. And, you know, I think that that road trip home is for a lot of folks, like one of the most memorable things, it becomes a core memory for them. And so for me, yeah, that was a huge deal. And I remember very clearly my trip home from, from Phoenix and it was just a really cool thing. What are some things that happened on your way home that uh, you'll never forget? <laughs> well, it was about maybe 30 miles out of Phoenix. I got pulled over. I was kind of in a, an area where the road was straight, but it was a little bit hilly. So it was kind of up and down, up and down. Mm -hmm. And I topped a hill at 84 miles an hour and boom, there was a state highway patrolman right there. Uh. And so he pulls me over. And of course, you know, I knew that eventually somebody would say it, but you know, he was the first one to get to say, Oh, I thought this was a Corvette. But then when I pull <laughs> up behind you, yeah. <laughs> and when I pull up behind you, I noticed it's something different. What is it? So we get to talking and, uh, he, he winds up letting me go. And the, the funny part about it was, you know, he was like, well, you know, we just, we have these big elk out here and you'll take it out at the ankles with this thing being so low. So he's like, just slow it down. But he's like, where are you going? And I told him I'm headed back to Springfield, Missouri. And he's like, oh yeah. Okay. So you're going to go up here to this highway and make a ride. And then three That's miles awesome. down, you make a left. Yeah. So he's like a really cool dude. But, um, but yeah, when I purchased the car, the, the cruise control didn't work. And so, you know, I was just really not paying attention to be honest. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so he was, he was the first memory I got outside of Phoenix. And then also I, I saw a sign as I was traveling on I 40 to go to Las Vegas and then it was only 55 miles away. And I was like, Oh man, that's not, that's not shoot too far away. I'll, I'll deviate from the course. It was definitely not the right Las Vegas. It was a different Las Vegas. And my wife was like, you dummy. But, uh, Anyway, yeah, no, those those were a couple of the main things that happened to me on the way home. That uh, <laughs> so a different Vegas, and you know what? I mean, I've, I never thought about that, but there's like a Miami of Ohio, right? There's mm -hmm. there's all sorts of like big name places and small ass places, big named yeah. cities and small places. So I believe it. It's always funny though when you see it. Well, it was Las Vegas, New Mexico, is what happened. Yeah, not uh, the same. Las Vegas, Nevada. No, not the same. I came up and, and entered into town, and I, like I see this little train station and kind of like a an industrial area, and I was like, "Where's the Las Vegas sign?" You know, like surely, <laughs> no, just totally, totally wrong place. 
No, you didn't ask anybody. You just knew, right? When you're missing, no, the, just, yeah, you just knew. Yeah. No, at first I saw the sign and I was like, sweet, let's do it. And then I get there and I was like, oh, no. You just had <laughs> so a 40th birthday, like didn't you? Three hours. What's that? You just had a 40th birthday, didn't you? It's coming up next month. Next month. Mm-hmm. Yep. I saw you post something about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, my wife decided to do 40 gifts for 40 days leading up to my birthday. So what a catch. Yeah, I know. Creative, right? So if it's 30 days away, you're 10 days in. Yeah. Yeah. So we're on day five today, I think. So yeah, I got 35 days to go. What is, what is a guy like you, like what is, what are some things that you hope that you get? Now, none of them can be that expensive, right? Because there's fucking 40 of them. But what are some of the, (laughs) you're like, honey, I appreciate this, but unless you have a piggy bank somewhere, you know. Yeah, that was my question. Friendly fire. How much was this? And she's like, oh, well, I mean, you know, they're all small gifts. And I was like, okay, good. No, that's neat. That's a hell of an idea. I'll have to make sure my wife listens to this segment. Right? It was very creative, yeah. So you did the barbecue, the the pickmaster challenge. How did that go? You made it pretty far, I thought. Yeah, it went well at first. So um, they grouped everybody. And this, I mean, ultimately, I figured out pretty early in getting into this that it was mainly a, a fundraiser for right. the James Beard Foundation. And, um, you know I, know, I know that you had uh, kind of, you know, put put some some uh, votes my way, which I really appreciated. You got it. Um, and I'm sure the ba- James Beard Foundation appreciates it, it as well. But, um yeah, it was one of those things where I was like, let's see if we can if we can do this, you know, because I, I had no idea how many people were going to enter. But they paid, they grouped everybody into these different groups. And essentially, you had to win votes to make it to the next round. So I made it to the quarterfinals and wound up uh, placing sixth in the quarterfinals. So I got kicked out because you had to place first in mm-hmm. order to get on. Um, and uh, ultimately, I think that ended at the end of June. Um but the ultimate prize was like an $18,000 smoker trailer. Um, you got to go to the American Royal, which is like the Kentucky Derby of barbecue. Uh, you got a, uh, like a two page spread and a cover on um, like this prestigious barbecue magazine. And so, you know, it would have been a really cool thing. Plus they give you some cash, I think like $5,000. So I thought, you know, this is one of those things that we could use to further our business if we are able to, you know, make it along in this competition to, to win. Um, but if nothing else, it, it helps a good foundation who more or less helps provide scholarships for, you know, people coming up in the culinary world and does some other things as well to sort of help promote um, things in, in the culinary world. So, you know, it's one of those things that I was happy to be a part of and, um, you know, ultimately um, did not win, but happy for the person that did. So. So how long have you been doing that? I and mean, is that your, your sanity? Like, uh, you know, how does that tie into your everyday life? Um, the barbecue thing? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm an auto, I'm actually an automotive technician by trade. Right. But, right. Um, I, I had been in automotive for over 20 years. I kind of got tired of it. Um, and me and my best friend have kind of always been like barbecue hobbyists, I guess you might say mm-hmm. from like the early two thousands. And so, um, yeah, we, we would hang out on the weekends, cook something, you know, always kind of trying to come up with 
improvements either on what we've already done or new ideas for other things. And so, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things that was sort of a sideline hobby for me, aside from cars. And so, yeah, we um, we actually had an opportunity. I, I had some money sort of stashed and wanted to invest it. And um, the idea kind of rapidly got out of control. But the end result is he was already looking for a way out of his job that he had just his regular nine to five. And I said, Hey man, what do you think if we open a barbecue store? And he said, yeah, let's do it. So that's how we wind up doing what we're doing now. But, um, but yeah, so it, it started off as just weekend fun and, uh, it turned into, I guess you might say kind of a lifestyle for me. So do you guys have a, have a brick and mortar or a food truck or anything now? Yes, we actually have a brick and mortar store where we sell barbecue grills, accessories, seasonings, sauces, fuels, all that stuff. There's no like little three table diner in there? No, not right now. We have considered the idea because, I mean, we're still within our first year. We're, our first year is actually going to be around my birthday. But, oh, okay. Um, yeah, so we are uh, thinking that we might open a food truck or something like that. Um but right now we're just trying to get our footing with the with the brick and mortar first and then move on to pursue more streams of income. Now, what did you guys watch getting hyped for this? Because, you know, my wife and I, we watch Food Network. We watch uh, the Cooking Channel. We watch Bravo. We watch all that shit. Mm-hmm. Do you, I'm, barbecue Pitmasters? Is that like you oh, guys yeah, watch, sure. watch all those episodes? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I try to intake as much of that as I can um, because there are a lot of big names that come from those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's good to know who those people are and how they do things. And it's cool because you always learn something new. You know, there's always a new technique or a different kind of um, seasoning that you can use or, you know, just always, always learning stuff uh, I think is, is probably one of my main motivations for watching those things. But yeah, it's always, it's always entertaining. And plus, you know, they, they have a tendency to make those a good time anyway, when you're watching them. So let me ask you this. So they were always on that show. We used to watch it and because um, I have a little smoker outside and I'm nowhere even close to probably where you're at. But they're always, we get the injector and we inject it with nitrates. What 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 nitrates? What are they talking about? Man, with nitrates, that's a, that, I'm going to be honest with you, that's a little bit above and beyond what I do because we just have regular injections and things like that at the store that you just kind of mix up and, and inject. But um yeah, that, that's a great question. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and assume it has to do with, you know, being able to get a certain chemical reaction out of your food. Right. Because I, I was like, what the hell? I Googled it. I can't get it anywhere. I'm like, is that just their, their fancy in-house name for like fucking apple juice and apple cider vinegar? You know what I mean? Do they just call it nitrates? I just, I just never knew. I'm always like, cause I got one of those big fucking fat ass, like three quarter inch, one inch diameter syringes. Oh yeah. And every time I try to squirt it in the meat, it flies out somewhere else. So it's like, it's just, <laughs> right? I mean, I, there's got to be a skill, right? Because you keep poking all these holes and then you're injecting it. And then that shit, just like a fucking cartoon, it just starts hemorrhaging out other holes. Oh, yeah. No, it'll leak out all over the place. You got to be ready for it or else it gets real messy. But no, if you let it sit for a little bit, it'll actually soak it up. Oh, maybe that's the thing. You like inject it and just let it rest. Right. Yep. Let it be for about 30 minutes. Cause I do, I fucking hit that shit up and it's going on, on the smoker. Yeah. Like, yeah, imme- like immediately. Right. It's just like dripping everywhere. <laughs> I had no idea what that shit was. And I actually feel 
good that you had no idea either. No, it's uh, the nitrate thing is is new to me. I, I'm I'm sure I could probably research it, but it's probably simpler than I think it is too. But uh, but yeah, like I said, I'm constantly learning about this stuff. I have people that come into my store, older gentlemen, who they're like, "Have you tried this? Have you tried that?" You know, and I'm like, "No, no, tell me about it." You know, and they'll give me these awesome ideas and like frigging. I may have even just had food, and they'll make me hungry. <laughs> sure, <laughs> all the stuff that they're telling me, you know. Now, is your store called the Grill Guys? The Grill Guys, yeah. Where is this thing located at? Is it online or just you just have to roll through town? So we have a uh, we have a website. It's grillguys417.com. But um, yeah, uh, it's uh, a brick and mortar location in Republic, Missouri, which is about 15 miles from Springfield, Missouri, which is where I live. Um, my business partner lives in Republic, but it's a growing community. It's actually probably the fastest growing community in Southwest Missouri right now. And so we kind of feel like we got lucky in that we found a spot. It's actually a friend of mine that owns the building. And he said, Hey, I've got somebody that's going to be going out. Would you be interested in doing something with it? So we feel like it was kind of the right place at the right time. And, um, the way that they're, that they're trying to grow Republic right now. We, we feel fortunate that we're there because we get to grow with the community and, and hopefully that will help our business just boom. Nice. Tell me about Trueform. So Trueform started with just a group of friends that would hang out and, you know, we would find a new person here and there to sort of like add to our little group. And before we knew it, we were putting on these large car meets like at car garages and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And we'd have, you know, 250, 300 cars show up from out of state. And it was kind of wild, but uh, we did that starting in 2007. And, you know, that kind of went until I would say, oh, 2017, 2018, before things kind of started to sort of die down. The car scene here locally is not quite what it used to be. you know, thanks to the, the local law enforcement and stuff kind of cracking down. But, um, but yeah, no, that was something that we did for quite some time, not necessarily a car club, but more of a car organization. And, uh, you know, for a while we had our own online forum and all this stuff. It was just a really good time. But, um, you know, that was one of those things where organizing those, uh, led me to a position where I now organize another event called the Boston mountains tour, um, which is something that we hold down in Arkansas a couple times a year, once in the spring and once in the fall. But it's one of the largest gatherings of S2000s in the United States. Mm, okay. So over the course of time, I went from, you know, having Civics, Integras, you know, all, the, all that kind of stuff uh, into my dream car. I never thought I'd be able to afford an S2000 before I bought one. But finally, it became attainable. And so I joined S2KI and, you know, we we had somebody way back when i think it was oh oh nine twenty ten 2010 where i started getting involved with this event and um more recently have have kind of taken over the organization of it and planning so um that's that's something that i do now to help you know bring people together that's kind of i guess you might say something i've always sort of been into is you know getting getting car people together and enjoying this is actually a driving event where we go enjoy the back roads in Arkansas because they've got a lot of really pretty roads down there. A little disappointed that uh, this isn't the compression therapy hosiery from trueform.com. You guys are making leggings and stuff, luxurious well, stockings. No. 
yeah, that came along sometime along the way, and we were like, what is this stuff? Because it's right. the exact same spelling. Yeah, it's funny. I, I type that in. I go, wait a minute. I know you guys weren't slinging. I mean, if you were, you may have sold it and made a lot of money. No, no. If you go to trueformonline.com, it actually takes you to a WordPress blog that's no longer active. But, right. Um, that was uh, kind of give you a little bit of visual as to you know what our meets look like and what we what we used to do. Speaking of no longer active, what are your thoughts on what's happened? NSX Prime went away. What well, didn't really ever go away. Supposedly they re- redid it and it's back, although it looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And then everything moving from essentially that, like you grew, you grew up just like I did. You grew up at you know HondaAcura.net and HondaTech.com. Mm-hmm. And now everything's on Facebook. If you want to find anything, you have to go to the Facebook groups. Unless you want to find something useful, then you have to go back to the forums. Exactly. I hate it. I hate it. Forums are such a fantastic archive of information and a, just a huge resource. And I really wish that people would make at least a little bit of effort to try to keep those things alive. And I understand Facebook is fast. It's convenient. You can more quickly load photos on it and things like that. But I mean to tell you, if you try to search for something that happened last week, right? you're hard pressed to find it, mm-hmm. you know, let alone years ago. And especially with like NSX Prime, for instance, there's so much, just a wealth of information on there that it would be a travesty to lose that. Well, there's always that person that says, use the search feature. It's like, I, you can't find anything on Facebook. No, it's impossible. Well, not impossible, but right. it's very difficult. They don't make it easy. I wanted to ask you about, you know, your medical IT stuff. And, you know, you're contracting. I did a similar job where I was a contract consultant and traveled around a bunch. But my question was going to be, do you ever uh, wind up working with the same people, you know, from place to place whenever you're doing renewing contracts and going new places? You know, sometimes rarely is it the people because a lot of times, you know, you were you've been in this world where we're all siloed, even though we're all working toward the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the radiology team, but I may work with somebody again who's on front desk registration, which isn't anyone I directly worked with anyway. But mm-hmm. we might see the same names like, oh, you worked over at so-and-so hospital, right? Yeah, yeah, I thought I'd recognize your name. There are a few people I have worked with um, like sitting next to me at a few spots. And, you know, that's always a welcome thing. But you sure. learn early on, you know, you just get used to like, because here's the thing, even when you leave a regular job, Last day, we're going to miss you, keep in touch, here's my number, let's link up on social media, and you never talk to them again. Right. Whether it's you or it's them or it's just that's just the nature of the beast. And so, you know, in contracting, you kind of learn that early. It's like, fuck, man, we had a great time, but we hung out. We went to lunch every freaking day. We'll probably never talk again, probably never see you again, but maybe maybe one day. Right, yeah. I just didn't know if you ever run into those folks again because it's like, it seems like, and of course I could be wrong. I don't really know much about, you know, the, the medical IT world, but it seems like that there's probably only a certain size pool of people to pull from that do what you do. I agree. But it's as the years go by, people fall off and new people come. Sure. Or you yeah. get those long contracts. Cause I've always wondered that myself, like, okay, I'm, I do radiant, which is a, 
a certification underneath the epic umbrella which is radiology it's like how many radiant people are out there you mm-hmm. know how many radiant people are out there in the field like me versus people who no longer work at epic they're not on computers over and so now they're trying to get out there or people who took a full-time job aka fte for family reasons for pandemic reasons you know sure. but there's there's people i keep in contact with but i haven't had the opportunity to work with or Maybe I'm such a shitty person. There's times where it's like, hey, man, you work there? Cool. Yeah. I heard you guys are looking. You know, put my name in the hat and let them know I'm coming. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's all cricket. So it's at this point, uh-huh. it's like I don't even get excited anymore at the opportunity of going back somewhere. Although there's one place I worked three times, which means I must be doing something right. But, mm-hmm. you know, some of the other places, like, man, that'd be kind of cool to go back there if so and so's there and so and so's there. But, you know, I just, yeah, it's just one of those things. Sure. And, you know, you kind of, you, you trade life on the road. Your work family is your family because you're never at home. So you right. lose, you lose some of that. Um, but I guess the prize is all the hotel points, car rental points, air miles. Mm-hmm. So then you can use those points and travel with your family or your significant other or personal travel like Monterey car week. I usually always pay for that. At least the flight with points. Right. So then I'll have to hear from my wife. So that's a great segue into the other thing that I wanted to kind of discuss, which was, um, you know, I've racked up points and, and this, that, and the other, but like, especially with, um, the advantage points with American airlines, I don't know how to convert that or how to use them. So I don't know if that's something that you, I mean, it sounds like you've done it, but every time I look at it, it's like, oh, you can use 750 points plus $75 or something like that. But is there a different way or is that the only way? Like, You know, typically what I've seen, especially with American Airlines, because each airline kind of handles it differently. There was a time where it was more difficult. But now, like if you have the app, you can select redeem miles and then do your search. Or, you know, if you go online, which is even better, it's kind of the same deal. You know, use miles uh, one way, two way. I usually don't see the miles plus money. I see that sometimes with hotels, but not all the time. But they do make it easier. But that kind of, it's a trigger for me. I get triggered because you're on these flights and just before you land, you know, they tell everyone, put your shit up. We're getting ready to land. Oh, by the way, you can apply for our card. And so, they, oh, yeah. you know, the, the flight attendant walks up and down the aisle with the, the credit card application. You can win 50,000 miles. You can get 50,000 miles and you can travel anywhere around trip. I'm like, no, that's bullshit. Right. Because, like, I'm going to Monterey. Unless I leave, like, Tuesday at 3 a.m. and fly back at Sunday at 1 a.m., you know, I'm spending 35,000, 40,000 miles one way. Right. So then it has yeah. to really be worth it. Yeah, it's an obscene amount of miles. The exchange rate is it's terrible. That's hard. It's hard to deal with. Hard to swallow. Yeah, every once in a while. Like I've flown my my son and his then girlfriend to uh, LA when my car was an NMA Expo in twenty eighteen. And it was on a Saturday. We flew out and then flew back on the same Saturday. And I think it's it was like seven to twelve thousand points each. Well, seven, I'll take that all day, but not when I have to that's pay for bad. three other people. Yeah, that's not bad at all. But, but usually it's all 12, 24, 25, 36. Gotcha. And don't dare ask for first 
you know, first class. <laughs> That's like 65,000 one way. I'd rather like, just fuck? try to get an upgrade. You know right. what I mean? Like get on the plane at least and then hope to get bumped because I mean, I'm, I'm a platinum status. So, I mean, that helps. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not like a platinum pro or, you know, platinum helps, man. Exec- executive or whatever, yep. but, but, uh, you know, we used to, lucky, no, go ahead. I was going to say, if I get lucky, maybe I make it to first class. Well, you're at that point where you still get to, you know, you can still pick the good seats outside of first class mm-hmm. and you can still check in bags for free. I think yeah. two bags per person or something. I get three, three bags per person. I'm yeah. at the point where I get no bags per person. And now it's like for the first time and shit, since probably 2014, if I want a, a, a plus seating, I'm paying 40 to 60 bucks extra. Yeah. They know it's worth it, but I mean, it's very first world problems, but what sure, sucks sure. is, you know, you compare that to like, we fly Southwest now on our little trips, which I hate Southwest, but because you can't, you know, pick a seat. So there's always, you're always split right. from your loved ones, but mm-hmm. you can check on two bags a person, you know, for free. You don't have the status. It's either a list or bust. Yeah. yeah it's like, you got to pick your fight. Yeah. You have to pick your fight, you know? And my wife's like, God, we need to get your status back up. I'm like, I know shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I got fortunate with all the travel that I was doing. I accumulated status really fast. Um, cause I got, you know, platinum status on American, I'm diamond with Hilton, Yes, and, yeah. you know, all that, but it's like, now that I'm not doing that job anymore, I have like one shot to try to make use of those points. And so my wife and I are going to Anchorage for our 10 year anniversary. And so I just want to be able to try to utilize that as best I can. You know, are you limited on where you're willing to go for your 10? Um, kind of, I don't know. She's kind of set on doing this. Um, but see, we don't travel a whole lot. Like if I'm traveling, I'm usually in a car, but because of the work that I was doing, they had me on a plane all the time. So, um, you know, I'm just trying to make, make the most of you know, what I accumulated during that period of my life. Um, cause I won't be, I won't be able to accumulate that again. Not, not the way that I did. Sure. Well, what I found though, is when it comes to redeeming, some hotel chains are better than others. Some airlines mm-hmm. are better than others. Uh, sure. Marriott blows redeeming in the U S so you have to go somewhere else. And then oh, yeah. you're taking well care of with Marriott. Hilton is great everywhere. If you have enough points mm-hmm. for Vil- you know, especially on the diamond, do mm-hmm. the yeah. do the Hilton vacation clubs and stuff. Right. Um, but with air miles, man, it's just like, okay, it's it's one hundred fifty nine dollars or twenty five thousand miles. That's one hundred fifty nine bucks here. Take my credit card. Right. So it's got to like really make sense. But sure. Whatever sure. it is, if you're not gonna, I mean, it takes forever to accrue. My wife and I got in an argument years ago because when my son was younger. You know, he wanted to go on some trip or something. And she wanted me to give him miles for Christmas or birthday or just give it to him. Actually, not even for that. Just give it to him because I had it. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, you know how hard, how many, how much I had to fly, how much I had to, how many rooms I had to stay in just to get these miles? Yeah. 
And at the time, the kid didn't appreciate it, really. It was just expected. You have it. And my wife didn't because she's so protective over the kids. But right. as we got older yes. and she started traveling, she's like, one day she looked at me and she goes, you know what? I get it. I get why you were so stingy with your miles and your and your points. I'm like, yeah, it takes for fucking ever. And then all of a sudden you give it away to someone. Right. Somebody who's not going to appreciate it even. I mean, you got me triggered, man. Way to go. That's even harder. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's true. It's true. People don't realize, you know. I mean, you have to you have to spend countless hours, and you know, so many crying babies and rude people, mm-hmm. and, you know, the long lines. Even if you're hell, even if you're PSA pre-check, you know, if you're going through ATL trying to get on a plane, dude, that pre-check line is even long, you know. Well, how about so, the pre-check lines that are shut down? Uh, yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Very first world. But it's a thing. People listening, it's a thing. You're like, you have the pre-check and you're running late because you're always running late because you can because you have the pre-check and the fucking line is closed. So you stand in the regular line and that just means they give you a fucking laminated certificate that just says, hey, I'm pre-check. Yes, that's the worst. I can't stand that. Some places, mm, no, that's, that's the worst. And so a lot of people, if you're not traveling a whole lot and you don't fly a bunch, I can pick you out in a crowd, you know, like if I'm in an airport, I know those people that don't fly very 100%. much because you, be, you become a professional traveler, basically. 100%. So you, you know how to get through the lines, you know how to treat the people, you know, I mean, dude, you don't argue with the person at the ticket counter for anything. Like right. if they say it, it's true. It is <laughs> it what it is. Yes, Exactly. I've gone off on that before. It's like, look, lady, it's not that person's fault that the flight is delayed. Right. The flight's just delayed. Fucking deal with it. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And no, it's also funny, yeah. though, because I, I do the same thing. I'm like, oh, you're standing behind someone, and I don't know why TSA does it. They give them the random pre-check mm-hmm. so that you're standing behind somebody who the first time, like you're saying, the first time they've traveled in three years and they have TSA pre-check, but they have a full bottle of water, they have fucking a six pound belt buckle on and they got all this shit they're pulling out of their bag and just like, ah, can you, um, you know, go, I'm yeah. running late because I can. Exactly. Yep. It's cause normally, you know how the program works. It's like, look, I show up at this time. I do this, you know, as long as everything goes to plan the way that normally would, I'm going to be fine. But you with your giant cart full of luggage, and all of this extra crap that you don't really need, most likely. Anyway, I could go on a tangent about that, but very first world. But you're right. <clears throat> you know what's funny is I I got the hard, you know, suitcases, and I always travel like a small one, my carry on. Mm-hmm. But then I'd yep. also I bought it for a specific reason because I can shove like bottles of booze in there without it getting crushed. Right. Because you see the guys they throw that shit, man. And so yeah. I would They're have twelve. With- 13 bottles of booze in my drawer because, you know, booze is regional. Like a lot of things we buy are regional. Yeah. Where it's, they stock the shows. I can't get it at home. It's not that expensive. I just can't fucking find it around here. So I'd always mm-hmm. stuff that shit in my bag and check it in. Speaking of booze, we're going to get a couple Q&A questions and we'll get you out of here. Yeah. You probably don't drink much? Drink very I much? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like a connoisseur or anything, but. What do you what do you drink? What is what is Skylar the the barbecuing pit master, um, frequent flyer? What doesn't fly anymore with a shit ton of points? Like, what do you drink? What do you like to drink? Um, I actually was given some Blue Note 
recently that I that I like pretty well. What is that? So it's uh just a, a bourbon. It's kind of a small batch thing that uh mm. I was I was given to enjoy and it's it's been it's been good. I've, I've liked it. Smoother, you know, a lot smoother than some of your cheap, you know, whiskey yeah. or bourbon. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. You have to have a little something. Now, do you ever mix it in with your like your um, like your rub or not rub, but like wet wet rub or barbecue sauce or anything? You ever cook with it? Um, not that, but well, not um, that specific one, sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you can use wines or vodkas or you know, there's there's different alcohols that you can put in with things to sort of help give it a certain profile. But um, I haven't really done much of that now. So you don't have a bottle of Maker's Mark sitting around just waiting for you to pour it into something. <laughs> I don't. That seems no. to be the go-to. Like every cooking show, they cover up the label, but nothing looks like Maker's Mark. But Maker's Mark. Yeah, it's like the it's like super identifiable. Right. It's like, oh, <laughs> I know you're holding a Starbucks cup. You don't. You might as well not blur it off because everybody in the fucking planet knows that that white right. cup with the brown sleeve and the little green blurred out logo <laughs> is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They're like, no, that's not anything but Starbucks. Let's jump into a couple of questions. As you know, sometimes I just ask the people, usually the hard parking violations page, and I did that earlier. And let's pick out a couple of questions here, some car-related ones, some non-car-related ones. You down? Hit me. Whatever you got. Uh, first off, Tony. Tony asked this question, and he says one, but then he asked for two answers. So I don't know if I want to ask this because it's going to require some thought. So I'm going to have to speed okay. up the thought process here. But what is one thing this year that has surprised you, car-related and non-car-related? I guess that's not too hard to answer. What's a car-related thing and a non-car-related thing that may have surprised you this year so far? I think that the non-car-related thing would be the Russia-Ukrainian war. Didn't see that coming. Good. That's good the car-related thing would be... Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this a little bit full circle to something you talk about a lot, which is, you know, people who have an opinion about something that they're not necessarily gonna buy anyway. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's like a recurring topic that you that you talk about. But um, I was one of those Integra haters because I saw several renderings that looked so good, and then they came out with the the actual product, and I was like. It's a TLX hatchback, the way I saw it. You know, I just felt like they could have done something more unique. But uh, so that was a surprise to me. That car needs to be a coupe. Agreed. Now here's the thing. Like like I've said before, like if you look at every what's the last sexy four door Integra? Like I had a DC two, but they were both coupes. And so it's just, yeah. to me, it's like okay, this is kind of expected. But I I get it. And I've seen it in person. You know, Tyson's had it here. He's done his review. When I picked up my Type S, he had one there. And mm -hmm. I was hoping because I heard it's smaller in person. No, it's not. No. It's got some if cool stuff on it, but it's Cassie. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's bigger if it's built off the new Civic. Yeah, it's bigger. Yeah, it's definitely bigger. Um, I like some of the little things they've done, like a little, you know, little accurate labeling and stuff and the lights like every other car manufacturer does. So, so from certain super close-up angles that's really nice but overall yeah. i'm not really a big fan of it i'm sure it's a badass card probably fun to drive but i wouldn't know oh i'm sure i'm sure it can be made to be super capable because i mean same chassis i'm sure that they can make a type r and it'll be 
you know, a world beater or whatever. But yeah, I like the little details and like the the integra embossing in the in the uh, bumpers. I think that's really cool. Um, I like those little Easter egg things that they hide, like you're talking about in the headlights and whatnot. That stuff is, it's the details for me that give it the character. Uh, I guess I need to answer that. What's one thing this year that has surprised me? I mean, your answer was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but Elon Musk buying Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he has the capability. I'm kind of curious as to what his interest was there. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a good question. Yeah, because people were like, well, what's the motivation? In my head, it's because he's thinking about some kind of technology that they have that he'd like to incorporate into his auto line or something like that. But uh, what's more curious is now he wants out. (laughs) Yeah, I thought I read that somewhere. And I was like, is this satire or is this real? Mm Mm-hmm. And then what's something non-car related? Or, I mean, car related. Uh, I think everyone's praise over the Civic Type R because some people hated it first, but now every everywhere I look, there's renderings of it all done up. And, you know, Honda Pro Jason's all excited because apparently he's getting one or the first one or whatever it is. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised yeah. that it's so well-received because it does have a funny nose, and I do like that. The current platform Civic, that they're, they're I think they're kind of nice looking. They're they're nicer to drive than than ever before. Yep. But I think the car looks good. Uh, I thought I thought it looked better underneath its red camo. It just looked fatter, like an old, like a WRX or something, right? Like for like for an old like Gran Turismo, right. but it's not as yeah. fat as it looked. Well, and I think that talking about the WRX, I think that this sort of, I guess I'll call it more grown up look that this next generation civic has is going to be more well received by the general public. I just hope that the car still has an improved performance, you know, as a civic type R, because obviously you always want to raise the bar, right? So I hope that this new car can easily outperform the FKA chassis because, you know, that, that car is just so dominant as it stands. It is. Yeah. Got a couple of fun ones here. Uh, well, I'm, so here's the thing. So I asked people. I said they don't necessarily have to be specific for me on the Q&A. That can be something I could ask any future guests as well. They already know it doesn't have to be car related. This is the second person who says, here's your car related, here's your non-car related. Mm. Let's get uh, into it. Yeah. This is from Byron, supporter of the show. A car question. You're never allowed to own another NSX or any Aston Martin. He I haven't even owned an Aston Martin, Byron Jones. <laughs> yeah, Byron. I like them, but I haven't ever owned one. So I'm not allowed to own an NSX or you or any Aston Martin, assuming you even wanted one or not. If you didn't, that's a bonus question for you. But what are you buying if you can't have an NSX or an Aston Martin? No Money's no object? Uh, we'll assume. We'll assume money's no object. But think practicality okay. at least a little bit. A low Practicality? Okay, so, so yeah. I think that an S two thousand is way more practical than a lot of people give it credit for. So I'm going to say, based on that, uh, McLaren P one is my go to. I was going to say you can't say S two thousand because you you know it's you. Um, a P one McLaren, that's <laughs> nice. Uh, hmm, probably. I'm not going to go as far fetched as you with um, 
money no object although that's the assumption here um money no object sure why not uh the mclaren f1 i mean come on oh yeah the f1's badass yeah, yeah that if McLaren I had 50 is money, nice. money i'd be in a mclaren yeah i like mclarens there's a, there's a lot of nice mclarens out there and then the non-car question is who makes the best cheese in your opinion and this is I don't. I, I like what I like, and I don't like what I don't like. But I don't know who makes what I like or what I don't like. Yeah, that's a really specific question. So here's, I'm going to go. You talked about like your alcohol being local. I'm going to go local with this because there's a place about an hour from where I live called the Osceola Cheese Factory, mm-hmm. and they have like this crazy assortment of different cheeses you can get. So I'm going to say Osceola Cheese Factory. Okay, I'm going to cop out and say Wisconsin. Okay. Well, I mean, you've been there, so that's easy to do. Wisconsin makes the best cheese. Uh, and then uh, and then a, a, a good philosophical one comes from Jen. Jen Mack. Okay. What is one thing you want to let go of this year? Oof. Yeah. I read that earlier, and I was, like, I was like, fuck. You, you go first, and I'll think about it for a what second. What kind of hard fuck question is that? Uh, we're we're going to be thinking for a while, but I'll edit it out. So, what do I want to let go of? I, I got an answer. Go ahead. Go, go, no, go for it. Go for it. 10 pounds. 10 pounds is it, dude? I don't, I know it's been a while since you've seen me, but I weigh 320 and I can swing 10 pounds in a day. So, well, that's 10 you. Pounds maybe that may be a much bigger achievement for you. Um, I would see, I would have to say more like 30 pounds to, to be like okay. on level with your 10 pounds, but. For me, I think I want to. I've been I've been trying to let go of negativity. Mm. It's so easy to bitch about stuff. You know what I mean? No, are you so, negative or pragmatic? There's a thin line, I think. My wife says I'm negative. We got into it last weekend. You're negative about everything. I said no, I'm not. I, mean, I can have an opinion, can I? Well, yeah, you definitely can have an opinion. And here's the thing about being pragmatic is. You know, usually that comes from a place of thoughtfulness and decisiveness and knowing what you want. So when I say negativity, I I primarily mean it's like I'll catch myself. Well, a good one's road rage, for instance, you know, like mm, you, okay. you are going behind a slow car and you're bitching because they're not going fast enough and I've actually been that slow car and I'm not going any faster because, you know, I have my dog with me and maybe my wife was holding her on her lap and suddenly she decided to throw up. So now we're dealing with a situation in the car and that's why I'm not driving as fast or whatever. Mm. No, that's that good. That, that's that good. That may be a bad example, but no, no. Yeah. And I mean, on, I would love to let go of 10 pounds this year, but I, I need to work on um, my quick responses sometimes with people Mm -hmm. and it's usually the people who's closest to you yeah the knee-jerk reaction the knee-jerk quick comment and you can't be like well you do it to me all the time because they do but we're not asking them the question we're asking us the question right and so it's just pausing before you respond on certain things so personal growth personal growth but i don't want to let go of personal growth this year i don't want to get better i want to get better at that knee-jerk quick response which equals personal growth right exactly that's deep 
Good question. That's a good question. Good questions. Uh, Skylar, how can we get a hold of you? Man, I'm around. Um, you can get a hold of me uh, either on, uh, I don't even know. I think it's I think it's the same on Facebook. But anyway, it's at Intense One on Instagram, which is uh, N-T-E-N-S-E-O-N-E. Uh, so Intense One. Follow me there. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook if you can find me. Don't follow me in real life. Um, but, uh, otherwise grillguys417.com. Uh, if you guys have any interest in getting any sort of barbecue supplies from us, you said 417. Um, yeah. Grillguys417. 417, 417 oh, grillguys417 all, all ran together. Yeah. 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 Not just 417.com. Yeah. That's, and so that's the same for, for both Facebook and Instagram on our professional side on the, for the, for the barbecue store. And that takes you to the grill guys shop lightspeed.com. Oh yeah. Missouri. Yeah. The grill guys. We got some grills. We got charcoal pellet, gas, electric. What's your grill? Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this as somebody. Oh, this is a, this is a, this is a very often debated question. What's your choice? Gas pellet or charcoal. Which, Which one of those four, like list them in order. Okay, I'll list them in order. So I'm a charcoal guy first. Um, after that, I'm a pellet guy, and then a gas guy. That would be and then that would electric be how last. Would, yeah, electric last. What's what's electric? Electric's not a grill. It's an oven. It's an oven. Yeah, that's true. Even though you can take you know wood and soak it and wrap it up in foil, I used to have that. Like we always had like a gas grill. Um, mm-hmm. I found charcoal very difficult to control, but that's because I'm the same person like everybody. You buy those Kingsford briquettes and you waste half a gallon of uh, lighter fluid getting it going instead of the nice, you know, charcoal that comes in the the red bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so I have this this hate relationship. Not even love. Notice I left that out. I have a hate relationship with any bag, especially when they sell you that shit and they're like, hey, it has the wood in it. Yeah, that's that's even harder to get going. Yep, it's the companies that have to that have to find a way to sell you their charcoal whose charcoal you don't want. Yeah, I found that out. But yeah, but I think with, with I think it depends on what you're cooking, though, right? Like if you're smoking yeah. something versus like straight up barbecue and traditional, or you're grilling something up really quick. And I think yeah. there's something for so everyone, a, I guess. There's a tool for every job, and not for every squirrel, I like to say. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's people who. They like to have an offset smoker where they're out there tending to their fire all day long and they'll kick back and have their beer and enjoy their day. And that's like how they relax. And then there's people who want to be able to set it and forget it. And so the just to throw a couple stats at you, 75% of Americans have a barbecue grill and 63% of those are gas. Mm-hmm. And so pellet grills are the biggest growing segment in barbecue because I think a lot of people well, first off, most Americans replace that grill every one to three years. So I think that a lot of gas people have heard these stories about how they can get better taste off of a pellet grill. And so I think that's the reason why pellet grills are are blowing up right now, because all these people are replacing their grill and, you know, they're getting a pellet grill to replace their gas grill. But yeah, if you want quick and fast, gas is the way to go. If you want to be able to set it and forget it, we call it the easy bake oven pellet grill all day. And I have a pellet grill and a charcoal grill. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm making fun of myself here too. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just, there's there's just a tool for every different job, you know? Sure. Yeah. 
Skylar, thanks for joining uh, Hard Parking. We'll have to do it again sometime. Thank you for uh, supporting the show. Some kid is going to get it. Fun. Yeah, yeah. It was a good time, man. You come, you can come on whenever you want. You said, let me know. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. We'll do it again. All right, Sky. Appreciate you. Have a good one. I'll tell you what, man. That conversation got me hungry. I haven't been able to grill. I haven't been able to use the smoker. Actually, I suck at grilling, to be honest. And smoking is kind of easy. But I, I say that the skill set in smoking comes with the preparation and knowing when to check on the meat, knowing when to pull the meat, knowing how long to let the meat rest. Like, smoking meats is all about timing. You can go to the best barbecue joint on the planet, and if you go at the wrong time, the food is not going to be that good. Go have barbecue at 9 o'clock at night. Go have barbecue at 2 in the afternoon. It's not going to be as good as if it's 11, 30, 12. Or if you're eating at 7 o'clock p.m. for dinner time, it's all about timing. But I haven't been able to use my my Traeger, my Traeger pellet grill because we haven't had, uh, well, we've, we've had a lot of construction in the house. And we have this new, like, cafe window outside, and it's really cool. Like, I, I was on board with it. I, I think it's not necessary. But I always say yes to these projects after I argue because, number one, it doesn't matter what I say. My wife pretty much gets what she wants. But number two, one day I'm going to pull that card, that equity, that yes equity. And getting the NSX kind of paid off. That's part of that yes equity. Although I had to convince her that uh, it's a good idea. And it is. But there's just times where I'm like, hey, I want to get this. Why? We don't need it. Well, we don't need the door on the side of the house. We don't need a cafe window because what happens is we don't need a very expensive wood table, which I haven't even talked about that we got, and we're taking people to court, small claims court, because it was not what they promised it would be. They don't stand behind their work, and this has been this ugly battle we've been having for about six months. Finally, the last straw, we had a professional come over and look at the table, and he goes, yeah, uh, I was here to fix a couple of these little dents these dings from delivery, but uh, it's not worth it. This table should have never been delivered to you guys the way it is. I go, well, how much would it cost to repair if we just had to pay for it ourselves? He goes, uh, we'd have to take it back to the shop, be a couple grand. Shit. We paid over $9,000 for a custom table for it to have a $2,000 repair because it wasn't delivered correctly. Well, we didn't need that table because what happens is you get a new table, then you got to get new chairs. And we did need a table. We do need chairs. Because we bought that table and we've had that chairs for like 16 years at least. It was time to get new ones. But what we learned when we got our kitchen redone is you can't just buy new whatever chairs. They may look good, but they got to be good because around the island in the kitchen, we bought these benches for like, I don't know, at the home store, like 100 bucks a piece, like 110 a piece. Got like eight of them. They're all pieces of shit. They squeak, don't work, go up, go down. The piston's blown. Mark up our floors. So anyway, we so had to buy new new dining chairs. But, you know, the table seats like 10 people. So we bought 10 chairs at 350 bucks a piece. 
And then we just, because we got the cafe window in the kitchen, you know, the one that I was started this whole thing about smoking meat. Well, here's why I can't smoke the meat because my smoker plugged in right there where that window is. So now we had to move the smoker to the side. It's not really plugged into anything because there's nowhere for it to go. We have new outlets put in, but I don't have a platform to put it on because we're supposed to build an outsourced kitchen. So the, the gift keeps on giving, right? The money keeps on pouring. Anyway, so we have this cafe style window. You open it up and it's just like you're serving somebody outside. So we got to get chairs for outside and chairs for inside and replace the stools. All of them. So they're done. They're going to be here any day. I think there was, I don't know how much you paid for them. 250 bucks a pop. As long as they last, it's worth it. But it's a lot of money. Anyway, so I can't use my smoker right now. But I need to. Actually, I think I have to smoke meat this week. Smoke chicken. I'm going to do it. Plug it in. Get it done. One thing, right Honda and right Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Four-wheel online. Dot com sell shop wireless services, Westgate exotic cars and rentals. Westgate reached out and said, Hey, we got a car for you. I got to tell you guys, man, they are way the fuck over on the other side of Phoenix. It's like an hour and 20 minute drive just to pick up a car. I don't know. It's worth it. Maybe, maybe I will. They got some cool cars. Heartbroken podcast at gmail.com. Tell me what you would like me to do a review on. I still got to get over to Yoshi's house and review his yellow Ferrari 488 before he sells it. I don't have an excuse for that. That's 10 minutes away. Maybe I should do a review on my old NSX since he has it. That'd be kind of fun. Also want to thank Patreon business supporter Koya Automotive out of Winter Garden, Florida and Pell Construction out of Caledonia, Michigan. If you're in a position to help the podcast upgrade, join the Patreon for as little as $3 a month to get access to bonus audio as well as show swag. Speaking of bonus, so on Instagram... I am now eligible for subscribers and you go through and I already have monetization on Instagram through my reels. Not a lot of money, but I don't know. I've got like a hundred bucks a month for the last few months, but it feels weird. It feels weird. It's funny cause I have a Patreon and, and I have supporters, but I, it's easy for me to quantify that right for this podcast. The financial support. First off, the listener support tells me that there's people who care about what I have to say and enjoy what I'm saying. But the financial support helps improve the studio, you know, helps improve the recording equipment. I have some very nice microphones, not necessarily paid for by you guys, but you help pay for it. The editing software I use, it's Adobe. You know how Adobe is a cloud service now, so you can't buy a full install. You have to pay monthly. I pay for Adobe Premiere and Adobe Audition. That's 30 bucks a month. And I get help from the supporters, from you guys. And so I appreciate that. But I don't know how I would quantify that for Instagram. It's like, okay, you want to subscribe to my content. First off, it's not like I have a million followers. I have 15,000 and it feels like I have 300 most times. But what could I do? show them my plans for what I'm going to do to the NSX. Like I really, I'm, I'm limited in what I think people might be willing to pay for to see. So I don't know. I activated it because I'm always last to the party and maybe I'm first, but if I don't produce content, then what's the point? I guess that's all I'm trying to say there. Mark Stoneman, Catherine Cox, Eddie Ramos, 
Richard Graves, Byron Jones, Bojong, Alice Camina, Andrew Bunkley. Thank you for supporting the show. I still have Hard Parking Podcast t-shirts. I feel like I keep saying that every week. Those proceeds don't go to me. So a couple things. You get a super soft shirt, awesome logo, and that money goes to help fund the community. So let me know. Hit me up on any of the social media platforms. Follow me on Instagram at jfinning. That's J-H-A-E-P-F-E-N-N-I-N-G. Join the Hard Parking Violations Facebook group. Thank you for those of you who are on there. And subscribe to the YouTube. Because I can't grow without you telling the world how good this show is. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. And I'll talk to you all next week. Shut up! Now it's stripping time.